0: As far as NIL goes and capitalizing on it on the recruiting trail, not sure there's a better program in the country more prepared to capitalize on that than USC, and a recent piece of news reveals just why. Let's go. Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. welcome everybody to another episode of locked on pack 12 i'm your host spencer mclaughlin d1 play-by-play broadcaster thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day part of the Locked On podcast network your number one source to stay up to date with the conference of champions which is why you should like comment subscribe whatever you're listening to or watching the show if you have not done so already. I appreciate all of you out there who have done so. We're getting very close to 500, 500 subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is awesome. Thank you all for that. Keep hitting that subscribe button. I really, really do appreciate it, and it helps with the show as well, which is brought to you today by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. NIL is a big topic in college football, and we're going to get some college basketball a little bit later today and look at where the uh, pac 12s players went in the league and kind of how they might shape out in terms of their, their pro careers. But this uh, mailbag question came in via the YouTube comments, which is one of the four ways you can get a question answered here on the show by yours truly for all the world to hear. You tweet with the hashtag asklop 12 You hop in the YouTube comments or you DM me personally at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore 12. Any of those accounts, DMs wide open, hop in there, ask me a question, get an answer here on the show. This one comes on YouTube via how are you is uh, the user's name. How are you, friend? Um, What's up with the recent rumors going around that Warner Brothers and Universal Pictures having interest on working out a potential NIL partnership with USC? Can you cover that topic, please? Why? Yes, of course I can. Because if you ask, I'm going to answer it. Now. How are you? I'm just going to call you my friend for the day rather than saying that out. But it's also how and then uppercase are you points for uh, creativity and uniqueness over there. I did some digging and I was searching around looking for, you know, rumors of this uh, this partnership that you alluded to. I was not able to find anything. It was not for a lack of trying. I did not do a one-line Google search, not see it as the top option, and then say, oh, well, I guess it isn't there, and -and so-and-so is making it up. That's not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. What I am saying is that if these rumors are out there, you have to be slightly more connected to the university than I am perhaps to know about them. I've seen nothing very legitimate, a couple random people on Twitter talking about like, oh, is it going to be this, is it going to be that, but... There's nothing reputable that, that is in the works that I've been able to find. If you do find a legitimate news outlet, a reporter, or someone breaking that, that it's, a, that it's potentially going to be there, then by all means, drop the link in the YouTube comments so everybody can see. But I did some research. I wasn't able to find it. However, when he first proposed the question and said, can you cover that topic, please? I thought, boy. The idea of this happening doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Because USC is arguably more than any school in the country, except maybe Alabama, but there's there are different ways that those two schools can capitalize on NAL. I think USC is poised to maximize the potential that they have there more than anybody else. Now, do they need to get back to they winning ways to fully realize its potential on the recruiting trail. Probably. But is it a major advantage to be in Los Angeles, to be close to Hollywood, to have, you know, I mean, you're not asking this question about about anybody else or wherever he heard uh, about this potential partnership there with Warner Brothers and Universal Pictures. Like you're not hearing about that with regards to any other school. There's a reason for that. But. I just, I just find it fascinating when I was thinking about it. Cause I was like, boy, I just, if, if every school is at their best, who could offer you more NIL opportunities than USC? You have so many big time, you know, big time companies and uh, and media companies specifically. I mean, you're in Los Angeles for goodness sake. And you're not just in Los Angeles, right? Because I don't think this same sort of standard applies to UCLA because you don't have the glitz and glamor and the history uh, as, as a program as USC does. And so when I think about a school that could go out and, and you know, put together a, an NIL package or, you know, offer these opportunities to recruits or how, you know, high school kids are going to think about it. USC is probably the, the most well known in that sense. I mean, think about, you know, the, the heyday of USC football. Who, who were at the games? every celebrity in town, it was like a Lakers game, right? Yeah, every time, that's a big thing that they do whenever uh, the Lakers are on TNT or or ESPN for for a game is they show, you know, what celebrities are sitting courtside. It's like, look, Jack Nicholson's over here and uh, a baseball player's over there and Bryson DeChambeau's over here. And, you know, there's just all sorts of people at these games. They do it with other teams as well. But in Los Angeles, that sort of stuff tends to hit differently. So I think that having that appeal and embracing it is a really good thing. Now, I wasn't able to find anything about Universal or, or Warner Brothers, though it wouldn't surprise me if they got into that particular sphere because anybody can kind of do anything right now because there are not a ton of rules and regulations, the likes of which I think will eventually come in, in the next couple of years in the college football landscape. But what I did see was a partnership that USC announced with a company called Stay Doubted is kind of like a that's like a cool, edgy name for for a media company uh, as an organization. They say, quote, Stay Doubted is a modern day media company creating original digital. I don't know if I would put original and digital right right back to back there, though it is kind of memorable, but can be hard to say. Original digital audio. See, now I can't, I can't, and it, so, it sounds weird in my head. And so I got I got to, okay, I got to stop. Uh, Stay Doubted is a modern day media company creating original digital audio and physical programming for next generation audiences passionate about the intersection of athlete lifestyle and culture. Trusted by some of the most prominent athletes, creators, and Fortune 500 brands, Stay Doubted's work has been in nearly every major cultural moment, including the Super Bowl, college football playoff, that's the one we care about the most, March Madness, that's the one we care about second most, NBA All-Star Game, and more. So when I saw that, and this was announced just within the last, uh, you know, eight eight to ten days or so, um, it makes so much sense for all the reasons that I was just talking about, like, what is a more glamorous place to be in terms of getting your name out there, being involved with media companies like this one or many others, right? There's no shortage of people there who, who would want to capitalize on the marketability of college football players at the University of Southern California than in Los Angeles. It's just, it's a perfect fit. In that sense and i think it's a big advantage for for usc to have that we'll see how nil change changes going forward right and, and whether or not there are some more rules and regulations that come down but even if that happens, it'll always be something you can go and talk to recruits about, and maybe it's not the driving factor, but would I rather have that as a tool in my toolbox than not have it? Yeah, I would, and I think that USC is going to be able to embrace that. And this is clearly, you know, indicative of, of what I'm talking about, and that they're, you know, going in on it, and they've they've partnered with this organization, and they, you know, want to want to be able to give that option to their student athletes. And that's not going to do anything but but help them on the recruiting trail because it just it just has that that big feel when USC is is at its peak more so than at other places. Speaking of uh, reaching a peak and uh, maximizing potential, Pac-12 sent a number of players into the NBA draft. Not like a huge number, not a huge number of stars, but where'd they go and where did uh, or, or where? Could they go with their careers? I'll tell you that after I tell you that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Go Mariners. As I am recording this, speaking of Los Angeles, they got into a little bit of a fight today with the LA Angels. And, well, let's just say it was exciting. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. I wonder if there was a bet of, you know, whether or not the Mariners and Angels would get into a fight, because there were some tensions going into that and they've played a lot recently. You never know. But you won't know if it was there until you go and look at Bet Online. You should head to their website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. And no, I'm not guaranteeing you can bet on whether or not there is a fight in a Major League Baseball game. But there's plenty of stuff to gamble on over there if you want to bet online where the game starts. So Pac-12 basketball NBA draft recap. Not an incredible year for the Conference of Champions. I'm sure Bill Walton would be just absolutely livid that there were not more players selected. Uh, Johnny Juzang, most notably among them, went undrafted. Uh, we'll get to his teammate Peyton Watson here in a sec, but uh, we'll go in order here. There were six players altogether who were drafted. And Johnny Juzang, by the way, did sign a 2 A deal with the Utah Jazz. The former UCLA Bruin who led them to the Final Four in the 2020-2021 season. And then to the, I think they got Sweet 16 or Elite 8. One of the two. I think it was Sweet 16. This year uh, lost to North Carolina. Yes, that would have been Sweet 16. Um, Benedict Matherman went number six to the Indiana Pacers. It was pretty clear going into the draft that he was going to be the top player selected from the conference. Because if you watch the conference this year and if you watch March Madness as well, it was pretty obvious that Benedict Matherin was just about always the best player on the court. And he's a lot taller than you think. He's taken uh, with the number six overall pick to the Indiana Pacers. And then uh, Dalen Terry was the next pick, his teammate at Arizona. He goes number 18 to the Bulls. Felt like that was a little bit of a reach. Um, and then Peyton Watson is the 30th pick in the draft to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who had three first-round picks. Uh, Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams from the West Coast Conference, Gonzaga and Santa Clara, respectively. Got to shout out my alma mater there, go Broncos. And I know Jalen Williams. He's a great guy and a really, really good player as well. Uh, But Peyton Watson goes to OKC. Christian Coloco, 33rd overall to the Toronto Raptors. He gets to go up to Canada for a while. Isaiah Mobley joins his brother Evan, which is pretty cool, in Cleveland with the Cavaliers. And then the last Pac-12 player selected uh, out of the school out, out there in Boulder, Jabari Walker, former Colorado Buffalo, goes number 57 to my beloved Portland Trail Blazers, um, who took Shaden sharp with the number seven overall pick. And we'll see. I, just, I don't have that many hopes for the Blazers. <laughs> it's just it's a, it's a it's a dark it's a dark time to be a Pacific Northwest sports fan right now. But anyway, so we're going to go through who's got the highest ceiling. What the best value pick is here, the best potential steal, and then the biggest question mark, right? Of the six picks, who gets each of those four tiles? Highest ceiling, this is an easy one. Benedict Mathurin. He is really good. He can score at all three levels. He is freakishly athletic, has high potential at the defensive end, and, I mean, just a basketball player, right? He can handle the ball a lot. I think you can put him on the wing and play him as a big two. I think he could play as a three. I'm going to look up how, how, how tall he is exactly, but you know he he he's just a guy who just pops off of the screen. He's six foot five, so could maybe play a small ball three. I think he's you know kind of a hybrid one or two. Uh, you know, speaking of the Portland Trailblazers, I think he's an athletic C.J. McCollum. I think he's going to score a lot of points. He can be a ball handler but doesn't have to be at all times can play off the ball because he can score at all three levels. He finishes at the rim very, very well, which is easy to do when you're six five and you can jump out of the gym with, uh, with springboards down there in your shoes. It makes it a little bit easier. So um, I I think he's got the total package. I think this is a good pick by the Pacers because they need playmakers and I I think he's fairly NBA ready, but like most guys nowadays who are coming out after one year of college basketball, you're going to need some time to fully develop and hit your ceiling. But I I think that he was a clear-cut top selection out of the conference, and uh, there's no, no questioning that pick there at number six from the Pacers. The best value pick, I think, is his teammate Christian Coloco going to the Raptors. Now, he needs to develop an offensive game. He is not a refined offensive player, but his size and athleticism and presence at the defensive end. I think early in his career, he could very easily be a backup big who's defensively oriented. And there's always, 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 always a place for that in the NBA. Think of JaVale McGee on the Warriors, right? He was there for, I think, three of their championship rings. Maybe, I don't he was not on this most recent team, I don't believe, but he, he was on the two with Kevin Durant and the one where they got to the finals in 2019. Durant and uh, Clay Thompson, of course, got hurt. There's always room for, for bigs who, who are willing to come in and defend and who are capable of doing so. And his athleticism, much like Matherins, pops off the television screen. He, he is prolific in that sense and if he can refine his offensive game a little bit I think he'll carve out more of a role, him, a role for himself but I think that right now that's you know kind of what's limiting his uh his total upside in the NBA I'm going to pull up his offensive stats here um you know it, it's not that he he can't score at all but you know he he's definitely I mean 7 1 230 pounds just a, a a a ridiculous ridiculous athlete and you know I I think that when you watch him play, you just kind of always know where he is. and he's he's a three year player at Arizona, and you know did average twelve and a half points a game, seven boards. and uh, almost three blocks per contest this year. So making his money the defensive end and rebounding and just quite the physical specimen, I think if you can find somebody who can be a, a, an immediate rotational player essentially right away with uh, the 33rd pick, I think that's why it's you know kind of the, the best value when you're looking at the six guys who were taken out of the Pac-12 conference this year. The best potential steal of these guys is Jabari Walker. And here's why. Jabari Walker is a well-rounded power forward and he plays at a position on a team that doesn't really have an established power forward at this point in time. Now, the Blazers did just acquire Jeremy Grant, which solid move, not bad, but whether or not they're going to play him at the three or the four remains to be seen, right? They could go Dame, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart at the three, Jeremy Grant at the four, and Nurkic at the five, in which case Walker would be coming off the bench and he joins another former Pac-12 player, C.J. Ellaby, who has struggled to crack the rotation consistently. He's just not been able to, to really put it all together. He's really only gotten in, in, in garbage time. But I think when you look at a guy like Walker, that the reason I say it's the best potential steal is if he's someone who who can pop and, and Jay Bills was very very high on on that draft pick by by the Blazers there late in the second round. I think he was the second or third to last player selected in the league, number fifty seven. And I'm pretty sure there were, I think there were fifty nine picks this year because somebody lost one because of a penalty or some such. Because um, I think I saw that he was the second to last pick in in the draft, so there might have only been fifty. Whatever the case may be, late late second round positionally the opportunity is there for him to show what he can do. And I, I think he does a lot of things very well. He was, I think, a 14-point-a-game scorer this year, seven boards. And just, you know, you watch him play, and you go, yeah, that, that that's an NBA body. And so if he's able to, to pop, I think he'll get that opportunity, whereas some guys get drafted, and they never really get the chance to see the floor because they have too many guys in front of them. But the front court, particularly the, the three and four slots for the Blazers, been a revolving door of guys over the years, and he has the opportunity potentially to step in and, and take that role, though I, I wouldn't necessarily expect it. I also wouldn't be that surprised if it if it ends up happening and you know he at least carves out a, a role for himself in the Blazers rotation. The biggest question mark here, and, and this this was a surprise to me, is Peyton Watson. Now Peyton Watson came to UCLA this year. As a big-time five-star recruit, but was never the guy. And this is just such a strange thing about the NBA. Is they are so willing, even more so than the NFL. Because guys can just go one and done in college basketball. Whereas in college football, you have to play for at least three seasons, regardless of position. Or at least be on campus for, for three seasons. The NBA is so willing. Those teams are, are more than willing to take a guy... With the physical gifts, but hasn't shown the potential to to be an elite player and try and develop him. It's it's not about a rapid turnaround with draft picks in the NBA. It's more about playing the long game and playing the development game. And that's clearly what Oklahoma City is doing here. I, I think with all three of their draft picks, right? Chet Holmgren needs to put on some weight, needs to learn how to be more physical. And we'll have some major adjustments when we talk about going from the WCC to the NBA. Jalen Williams, the same, though he doesn't need to put on any weight. He's got an NBA body, 6'6", 7'2", wingspan. He's a really good athlete as well, great defender. But I think they're playing the long game here. And you look at the status of their franchise, that's clearly the case. And I think that's what they're doing here with Peyton Watson, who this year... Remember, this is now a first-round NBA draft pick, or the 30th pick in, in the draft, which I think was in the... Whatever. I don't need to go back into that. 3.3 points a game, just under three rebounds a game. And he came off the bench in 32 games for the Bruins. Now, he was a big time recruit, but that's such a minimal amount of production. Not even three and a half points a game. And he was taken with the 30th pick in the NBA draft. To me, when I saw that selection, I thought, shabazz muhammad who was a big time five-star recruit who went to ucla who went to the timberwolves and it didn't pan out and it just he never fully lived up to the hype and expectations that were there and not everybody does there's so many factors in play when you're talking about a guy realizing his full potential as a professional in any sport but this pick was just puzzling and I think OKC is, you know, in a position where they're able to wait and see if he's able to develop, but that that's a big if I'm talking about the biggest question mark amongst these guys, that's the easy solution that's the easy answer because he's just barely play he hasn't shown that he could be a regular rotation player who produces at a high level in power five college basketball and you're now taking him with the expectation he could become that or maybe even more in the nba that's weird and and feels a little bit like a reach but on the flip side of the coin right the glass half full side of me is saying a lot of guys come out of high school and they're ready to go to the league kobe was lebron was kevin garnett was i think we can all agree you know players like zion williamson didn't need to go to Duke to be ready for the league, though he needed to do other things to get ready for the league, like get in shape. But that that that's the biggest question mark there, easily. Rooting for all these guys, and obviously the most fun draft pick is Isaiah Mobley going to play with his brother. I mean, they go to college together and play. And then Evan is really good with the Cavs now. Isaiah's there. Um, you know, Evan's more talented of the two by by a decent amount, but Isaiah could could certainly crack the rotation and. I'm sure there'll be a moment this year where they're both on, on the court together, and I think that'll be a, a really, really cool moment. So we'll, we'll end it there with uh, a sense of optimism going forward. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day.